Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Yeah, it's that Yankee Stadium music right there. Get you ready. You hear this in the stadium, you should be in your seat. Joining us right now, Yankees beat reporter. He's an author. He wrote The Baby Bombers. He wrote Mission 27. And coming up next, 62 Aaron Judge, the New York Yankees in the pursuit of greatness. It's Brian Hoke on the fan. Let's go. What's up, Keith? How's it going? Hey, I, I feel like a fan hearing you on the fan because I'm a big fan of yours. I just told a story about me awkwardly asking you for a picture in London after we both used the bathroom. I didn't care. I was like, I'm, <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, I may never see Brian Hoke again. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I remember that day. Um, but boy, am I glad I washed my hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it no, was that hot. Was, uh, that was a wild trip, that, uh, that London series. I, I wish the Yankees would uh, do another international trip. Maybe we'll get to do another one soon. And uh, you can come hang out with me in the press box instead of stalking me outside the bathroom. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have press credentials back then and didn't know I'd get them through WFAN. And here we are on the fan. So uh, you're down there at spring training. The Yankees just played, and they played well. I didn't really get to watch the game because I've been hosting. And, you know, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, not Aaron Judge and Aaron Boone. But uh, what would you see tonight? I mean, I missed the Judge homer, and I swear to you, I was on air. I saw him hit the ball foul. And I, like, choked up for a second. I was like, oh, wait, that was almost a judge homer. I looked away, then he hits the homer. Then he hit one, yeah. It was kind of throwback to last summer. Um, You know, obviously we got to see 62 of them during the regular season last year and then one more in the playoffs, so he hit 63. But, uh, yeah, it was an opposite field judge blast. And, honestly, he didn't even get all of it. Uh, He just kind of carried out with his uh, raw strength. And so – He's on the board here in the Grapefruit League. It doesn't count, of course, when the season starts, but uh, certainly better to see him hitting the ball out than than not. And uh, the team's been playing pretty well. And uh, Domingo Herman went three innings strong here, so I think that he's probably got the edge right now over Clark Schmidt, but it's early. It's so early. It's, what, March 6th? So uh, a lot can still change in the next three, four weeks here before uh, we get to March 30, and uh, we're all headed north to, uh, to New York. You mentioned Domingo Herman. I spoke of him today wearing that number zero. Uh, we know about Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt was coming out of the bullpen at the end of last season when we saw him. With this news around Tommy Canely, I was just talking to Marco about it. Uh, I think this is more of a Marco question because this is how we arrived at it. You know, what are we thinking with Tommy Canely? He said he's going to be shut down 10 days, but uh, that takes a right arm out of the bullpen. And uh, do we think that can affect whether Domingo Herman or Clark get, you know, the fifth the fifth, uh, fifth starter spot or end up coming out of the pen? 
Yeah, I think it's going to take one of the bullpen arms out of the mix, like you said. And so you have a 10-day shutdown, but then you got to build back up. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Canely earlier tonight about that, and he said that this is something he's dealt with over the course of his career. It's uh, it, it pops up here and then. And he reminded me that this was what happened in 2018, and he tried to pitch through it with the Yankees and wound up getting sent down to the minors. So um, it was something that he tried to pitch through and couldn't. So this time – uh, he certainly didn't want to start the season in that form, so he mentioned it here. And uh, so he said he's going to take it slow. So I, I, this is something that he said it takes a month or so to clear up. Boone gave a little more optimistic timetable on that, but I'm figuring he probably begins the year on the IL. That's just my guess. And um, if you fast forward a month from now, that's what, April 6th. So, uh, yeah, if he misses the first week of the season, that's not a huge deal, I don't think, in the grand scheme of things. And, yeah, it could open an opportunity where if you're looking at Domingo Herman, you're looking at Clark Schmidt, only one of those guys is going to be in the rotation. You could slot one of those in the bullpen easily and uh, and just begin the year there because I think the Yankees were, were strongly considering, and they still may do it, but having the loser of that competition go down to AAA and continue building up as a starter. Um, but if Canley's out of the bullpen, they may choose to, to bring the extra arm north. Of course, and now there's all the talk around the opening day roster and who makes the roster. And tonight I was saying, watching the Yankees, the Yankees look good. And what I meant by that was there's a lot of guys that are turning heads. There's more guys that are uh, making noise in spring training than we have room for on the opening day roster. And, of course, all the fans want to see Anthony Volpe and Jason Dominguez on the opening day roster. For me, I don't expect to see them on the opening day roster. I know how this stuff works. It's great that they look the part. It's great that they fit in at spring training. But I think they still have a little bit more time to uh, grow here, and we can expect to see them in the lower levels and not in the Bronx on opening day. But how much fun would it be if they did bring them north, Keith? <laughs> that would be... Uh, no, they they both looked apart. I, I feel like the uh, the next wave of baby bombers are stealing the show here in spring training. And, uh, you know, you think about what this was supposed to be for Volpe and Dominguez. They're 21 and 20, respectively. So this is the kind of the time, first big league camp, just come in, soak up the atmosphere, kind of be the wallpaper, you know, listen, you know, listen to what the veterans uh are doing, but don't uh, don't make too many waves. And they they're not going by that playbook. They are their play is demanding that we pay attention to them, and that's awesome because I think it it shows the potential of what they can be. Anthony Volpe is going to play in the Bronx, uh, and and Jason Dominguez is too. Um, I, I think that out of spring training, opening day, that's still a tall order for me as, as far as Volpe at shortstop. I think that uh, Oswald Peraza has the edge there, but. Uh, it, it's not going to be an easy discussion or decision for the Yankees to, to send Volpe back down to AAA. He's only got 99 plate appearances there, and, and like I said, he's only 21 years old, so there's still time. They they may want him to get some more development time and seasoning there, but it's not going to be long. And as a matter of fact, a bunch of people I've been talking to down here were kind of playing a parlor game of guess the day that Volpe will get called up. Yep. And my, my guess was um, after the All-Star break, but there's a lot of people who think it's going to be a lot sooner than that. And so um, these kids are coming. And uh, whether it's this year, I, I think it's this year for Volpe. Uh, Dominguez probably next year, but they're coming. They're going to be in the Bronx, and they're going to be really good. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I'm a Jersey guy. I've been rooting for Anthony Volpe, and I think his era is this year. Like, I think 
we see him by the end of this season somehow, whether there is a trade that gets made, and we'll talk about the crowded infield next, or if there are injuries, I think if he's crushing it at AAA, he'll kind of force their hand. Uh, so, you know, there's talk around IKF potentially being traded to the Dodgers with um, Gavin Lux going down. And uh, I, I don't really know if the Yankees are looking to trade a guy that they you know, tendered a $6 million contract to, that they traded for, that when you hear them speak about him, they they talk him up. But what I do feel is like there are there's a logjam, right? You've got DJ LeMayu, who is an infielder, uh, can play three different positions. Obviously, Glaber Torres is an infielder really at second base and not moving anywhere else. But then you have Oswaldo Cabrera, who can play everywhere. And I don't know. uh, You just mentioned Oswald Peraza. I think a lot of us want to see him get the first crack at it. But there's just multiple guys. I mean, even even, uh, Donaldson at at third base. Uh, Him and DJ, you're you're trying to find, uh, you know, you're trying to find uh, space for these guys. There's just so many guys. Um, What are you thinking about IKF this year? What, how the Yankees view him? I heard that he could play some outfield last week, and then I did see your tweet also about Judge getting a chance to play uh, the outfield play, specifically left field, uh, later this week, Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, they're they're working on some uh, versatility. And the Judge thing is just a way that they can get Giancarlo Stanton in the outfield one or two times a week, and they, they would do that at Yankee Stadium because if you think about the dimensions of Yankee Stadium left field, there's so much more ground to cover than right. And so, and then that would flip-flop when the Yankees are on the road and they're somewhere like Boston or Houston where they've got a small left field. Um, as far as the IKF thing, yeah, I, I'm looking at the same thing you are here, and there's just one too many infielders, I think. And honestly, you can make the case there's too, too many, but I think something gets done between now and the, and the end of spring training. And if you're going to go into this season where – IKF is not your starting shortstop, then I don't really see how he fits on this team. I asked Aaron Boone that question, and of course Boone said that he does fit, and there's a role for him here, and he would bounce all around, and that's that's where that quote about IKF potentially playing the outfield came from. But, um, yeah, look, if he's a utility man, then what does that mean for Oswaldo Cabrera? Because that's kind of redundant then. Uh, there, then you got two guys who are doing the same thing, and I really know – I, I know how high this organization is on Cabrera and, and the future he has there. I, I don't see how you can have him go down to AAA and have IKF on the opening day roster as your utility man. So, yeah, there's there's needs all around the game. Uh, Dodgers, Rockies, those are a couple of the places that you could see a potential fit. Um, yeah, but there's also a possibility that Labor Torres could be included in some kind of trade. And So there's a lot of different ways that um, – this can resolve between now and the end of spring training. But, you know, and I keep using this example, but I remember coming to Steinbrenner Field here last spring and I watched Gary Sanchez walk into the building and I watched Gio Urshela walk into the building and then poof, they were gone. So um, Brian Cashman has a way of doing these things in spring training. I, I would think there's probably going to be another week or two on the clock before um, that shortstop situation gets resolved. But, the way Peraza looks, and I should mention here, uh, Peraza is dealing with some kind of lower leg soreness. He hit a bag, um, a little strange in Bradenton. It's nothing serious. At least that's what we're led to think. And uh, he should be back in the lineup on Thursday. So it's just a couple days thing is what they're telling us right now. But uh, Peraza has the uh, the edge for me over IKF. And IKF can play third base. He can play some short. I guess you could put him at second. I guess you could work him in the outfield, but you already have a guy who's doing that in Cabrera, and he's actively doing that. Cabrera's actually going to play some center field later this week, so I, I really feel like that's 
Cabrera's role on this team, so I'm not sure where IKF fits if he's not the starting shortstop. Yeah, I feel like I've taken you uh, too far. I think it's been like 15 minutes, and I said I was only going to give you 10, but, I mean, you're the best. Last question now. This outfield. Uh, today, Yankees fans got the pound of flesh that they've been looking for. Aaron Hicks drops a ball. It does not matter. It's spring training, but... What does matter is the fact that guys like Willie Calhoun, Rafael Ortega, you mentioned Oswaldo Cabrera moving around. Like, there are multiple guys. Like, I think I put out a tweet over the weekend watching the game. I'm like, would you look at that? There are multiple guys that uh, I think could play a solid left field and bring their bat, you know, after we watch this spring. But I still think it's Aaron Hicks' job to lose. I still think that he's the leading guy to be there, and they're going to at least give him the first chance to fail. What say you to that? Um, yeah, I think that's true, but I also think there's opportunity here. I, I think that they they know what they're paying Aaron Hicks. They know what the track record is. Uh, they know what Aaron Hicks is at this point, but some of those other guys who are in camp are really opening his eyes. And, and you mentioned Ortega, who seems to just crush the ball every time he's up. And Calhoun can really hit. This is a guy who was a, uh, a top prospect, but uh, injuries got him. He seems to be healthy now. And uh, I noticed they gave him a really good uniform number, 24, which is Robbie Cano's old number. And I, I, if you want to read into those kind of things, they don't give um, the good uniform numbers to guys with no shot of making the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then, again, come to think of it, they did give Aaron Judge number 99. So I guess that worked out pretty well. But anyway. Only 5X <laughs> jersey available. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to work out pretty well, but that was for a different reason. That was because he's so supersized. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of options out there in left field, and it's uh, it's been fun watching that competition. So I, I, I still think, yes, Hicks is probably your opening day left fielder, but I don't think it's a lock by any means at this point. And one of these other ways that that infield logjam could get solved here is one of those pieces could be moved for an outfielder. And so don't rule that out either that, Maybe the Yankees' opening day left fielder is somebody who's not in this camp right now. So I think that's definitely possible, too. Awesome. Hey, well, I've taken up all of the time and some, but you're the man, and I appreciate you. You're also killing it with the photography. Like, do they pay you extra for doing this? Like, you have great no, photos. No, but like, they should, Keith. They yeah. really should. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll do to make it up for you for taking extra time. I'll put in the word at MLB or at the Yankees. Like, this guy has turned into a professional photographer. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's, uh, it's fun. It gives me something to do while we're uh, we're watching batting practice out there. And so it's uh, it's definitely a hobby at this point, but uh, I'm glad that people are enjoying it. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Hoke. I'll talk to you soon, Hokey Pokey. You got it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hey man, thanks, Keith. World Series over. Yankees win the... 
this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. It's their 27th World Championship, the most of any team in any sport in the history of professional sports. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Uptown, baby. Uptown. All right, folks, here we go. There's about 90 minutes left of my show. Keith McPherson on the fan. Always thanking you for tuning in. If you can't get on the phone line, at Keith McPherson on Twitter. During the breaks, I try to read tweets and shout out to everybody that uh, just gave it up for Brian Hoke on Twitter. Obviously, I'm tapped into Yankees Twitter. Not as tapped in as I once was. Honestly, I find myself tweeting less. If you've heard me talk about how I just think Twitter sucks now. I mean, it... It froze today for a while where you couldn't click on links and leave Twitter. I don't know if my Twitter heads listening saw that, but you were getting an error message every time you tried to click on an article, which I do all the time. Oh, someone's writing something about Derek Carr. Let me click on this article and read more. I love to be taken off of Twitter into something that I can read and get information versus staying on Twitter and reading everyone's nonsense and bickering. And fighting, and also now, you know, if somebody verified follows you, it alerts you you're verified, then you have to double-click on them to see if they're Twitter blue boys or if they're actually, like, a legacy verified person. And I don't know. I think Twitter sucks, but uh, it's still useful. And uh, shout-out to people that know me from Twitter way before they knew me uh, here on WFAN. But, yeah, if you want to get to me quicker with a thought or a take or something, you know, even people that like to correct um, me on Twitter. I don't mind it. Like if I say something wrong or if I say something that you can correct, go for it. Like that's why you're listening. And if you have the answer or if I misspeak, uh, you can hit me on Twitter and I will correct that on air. And now let's get back to the phones. We're going to go in the exact order that I said. Shout out to Kenny, Philip, Dave, and JC for calling in and staying on hold through my surprise guest. Shout out to Brian Hoke for joining us. But now we're going to go back to these calls, and then when we hit the 11th hour, I'll reset the table for the last hour. I'll try and sprinkle in any other stories. I've mentioned John Morant. If anybody wants to speak about John Morant, he's away from the team right now. I was super disappointed when I saw this guy uh, post his Instagram live, and and people ran with it. He showed a gun in the uh, strip club in Denver. I just don't understand how that becomes something that you even do after you've been now connected to guns and violence and charges and all these other things this week, you double down on that by going to the strip club and flashing a gun. Like what is going through John Morant's mind, bro? You're, you're not NBA young boy. You're not, you're not a rapper. You're also not a, a crip or a blood or a gangster. You are a $200 million max contract player. Number two overall pick that has now a new Nike shoe. Interesting enough. Nike dropped Kyrie Irving to make room for John Morant and announce his new shoe. And then also Powerade decided, hey, we're going to come back, right? We've got all of these other drinks that are out here, uh, whether it's, you know, Prime, which I heard Craig talking about. And I've known of Prime for a while, and now I see it in Target and other places. And if it's better than Gatorade, I guess. But Powerade decided to you know, rebrand and, and launch their new marketing with John Morant as the face of Powery. I don't know what the kid's up to. I don't know what the kid's doing. Talk about March Madness. That was madness seeing him. And I'm in here right now watching Towson versus Charleston. It is time to start watching basketball 
college basketball specifically, it's time to start watching the conference tournaments. If you've heard me talk about March Madness, like if you want to win money, I honestly like I don't want to keep betting on the Nets and losing money. I bet on Katie and Kyrie yesterday lost money. I want to bet on March Madness. Now's the time to start doing your research and look at these matchups um, as the conference tournaments are coming to a close this week. And March Madness Selection Sunday is this Sunday. All right, I'll uh, I'll add some more stories and some different things in there as we proceed. But these guys have been holding for a while. I want to get to them. Kenny is in New Jersey. What's up, Kenny? You're on the fan. As we proceed to give you what you need. What's up, Kenny? Yup, you got it. (laughs) Uh, I love listening to you, man. Um, From Yankee Talk to a Mets fan that wants to talk about Daniel Jones, um, I'm in a bunch of Giants groups. uh, the stuff they say in there is like crazy. They just want to, you know, like jerk, walk away from Daniel Jones. My thing is, thirty-five million in like in one year or two years when Lawrence and Jalen Hurts and, and Herbert they start getting paid, mm-hmm. it's gonna look like a steal to me. Yeah, it is. You're right. The Patrick Mahomes contract looks like a steal. They already got yeah. a Super Bowl out of that kid, and he's he, his his forty million dollars like. He's going to stay around there for years, and, yeah, they, that's a smart move for them. But you're 100% correct that, like, okay, if Daniel Jones is making that for the first couple years, these other quarterbacks are due for bigger paydays. Exactly. What else but you got? It. No, listen, listen. I just wanted to weigh in on that. Appreciate it, Keith. All right, thanks for the call, Kenny. Yeah, I understand that too, right? Uh, you know, there's something to be said about, hey, yeah, $40 million isn't that crazy when the price for a quarterback keeps going up and up and up and up. Man, I mean, the Browns, everybody's got to be mad at the Browns. Everybody should hate the Browns for doing what they did. I heard Craig talking about massages and uh, going to these massage parlors, and there was no mention of Deshaun Watson. That would have been the perfect tie-in with all this talk about Daniel Jones and the money he's making and Derek Carr and the money that he made today and Geno Smith. I think his contract dropped as Carton and Roberts were ending. But, man, Deshaun Watson spent a lot of time in massage parlors or getting private massages, and we thought that potentially ruined his career. Nope, best thing for the guy. He got to rest, and the stupid Browns decided to reset the quarterback market. And here we are looking at quarterbacks saying, on one side, Daniel Jones is worth this much. No way, you can't pay him that. What? $40 million for Daniel Jones isn't a lot. Yes, it is. Are you crazy? Now, Philip is in Jamaica, Queens on the fan. What up, Phil? Hello, thank you uh, for taking my call. By the way, I uh, just want to say that uh, Mary, a couple of calls and calls, she hit it on the head. You're very entertaining. That was a great uh, analogy of the year with uh, the Jets and the, the dating. You hit it right on the head. And yeah, Mary was yeah, right and that. Here they are waiting on that great. hot girl to fall in love with them, and she might not even <laughs> look their way. Exactly. But I want to talk about... Uh, the uh, the Giants and uh, Daniel Jones and Barkley in particular. I don't think people are uh, realizing. I think Barkley is very important. It, you have to work with the talent you have and take advantage of Daniel Jones running and and do what you can to sign Barkley. He's got another running back. So instead of fo- and, and I'm not saying they don't need receivers. They need receivers, but why not focus on the running game? You have Barkley. You got Jones, take advantage of their speed, get another good running back, and then, you know, you draft the receiver, maybe number one, sign a free agent, 
and focus on the running game and the offensive line. I was waiting for you to say offensive line. If we're focusing on the run game, that offensive line's got to be solid. And there's a couple question marks on that Giants offensive line. That's another place that they're going to need to either add a free agent or draft. And the draft isn't a sure thing. You draft Evan Neal, and I think he's going to take a step forward. But his rookie year wasn't, you know, wasn't ideal. It wasn't great. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. This team can be a run first team. This team should be focused on running the ball. With Daniel Jones, I think you got to get the contract with him. A $32 million hit from that cap or from the tag against the cap, you know, that's not it. Now, I understand if you feel like you got to use the tag on one or the or the other, right, with Saquon and Daniel Jones, I understand tagging Saquon. If if Saquon doesn't want $12 million, $13 million, and it's tough to figure that out, it's a running back. You know, um, making him prove it again, making him do it again, for another year, I, I understand that because if he can't do it, then you might move on. And also, you might be able to plug somebody else in there and, and get not similar results but good enough results if you have better receivers. I think the Giants know what they're doing. I think that Joe Shane knows what he's doing. Uh, I'm excited for tomorrow because we're going to find out whether that franchise tag gets used on Saquon or Daniel Jones or neither. Like, But, like, who else are they going to tag, you know? Exactly, but I think – like you said, the Giants should focus on the running game. I'm not saying they also need receivers and offensive line, but focus on what you have. Take advantage of, of Daniel Jones' speed. He's a great runner. And, and then you have Barkley, you'll have a good offense. I, I don't think people are realizing they have a good offense. They need to focus on the running game and the offensive line and then work yourself with the receivers. Yep. Thanks for the call, Philip. Also, we expect Wandale Robinson to be back. I don't know about Sterling Shepard. Uh, they signed Isaiah Hodgins. I think guys like Darius Slayton is a free agent. I don't know if he will necessarily be back, depending on who wants to, uh, to pay for him. Um, Richie James, I know people want to upgrade, but he, you know, he was solid when they threw him the ball. He's just not really like a game breaker. He's not a big guy. I think you do need an actual number one, whether you trade for him, whether you you sign him, whether you draft him, who knows. But all of these things have an order of operations, and the order of operations is upon us right now that's the most important. We will find out at 4 p.m. tomorrow who they're going to tag on this team. I, I would put money on it being Saquon and then them figuring out some type of deal with Daniel Jones. If they tag, if they tag Daniel Jones, I just won't understand using the, the tag on the guy this year at $32.4 million, when you could figure out a structured contract for, I think they said the reports were, you know, the Giants were at 38-39. I think that's where they should be. And I think Daniel Jones should accept that. And I think there are ways to finesse and finagle and structure this contract where it looks like he's making more than he is or he's got enough guaranteed money that's going to keep him happy. And then they can move on to improving the team elsewhere back to the uh Aaron Rodgers conversation and you know the analogy I, it, it is a perfect analogy even when you look at Derek Carr right like I said Derek Carr today he he is the girl that you went out on one date with right you did swipe right you did connect you did have some mutual interest you went on one date with her and then she was hitting you back about potentially doing something again and you decided nah she's not the one why Oh, she talked too much about, you know, our future together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to slow down. You know, first date. Shouldn't be talking about kids on the first date. So uh, we're going to stick it out. There's this other girl that, you know, we matched with her. 
but she hasn't responded to our messages. Maybe one day she will. I'm going to keep hitting her up. I'm going to keep sending messages to her, hoping that, you know, she sees me. I just want to be seen. And maybe if I can get on a date with her, I can convince her that, you know, this is where she wants to be. That girl is Aaron Rodgers. And you might have swiped right, and it might look like a match, but we have not heard from Aaron Rodgers. I'm also pumped for tomorrow. Tuesday, baby Tuesday. is going to be a, a great day. I don't have a five-hour show, but I'll be on after the Nets. Aaron Rodgers should resurface on Pat McAfee and do what he does. He likes to have long conversations with his boy Pat and the crew, A.J. Hawk and those guys. Tell us something. Tell us something tomorrow that lets us know whether you're staying in Green Bay, whether you're retiring, which I don't believe because I don't think he wants to share that spotlight with Tom Brady. And even if he did, like, I just don't think so. I think Tom Brady might potentially want to come back. The rumors out there around Tom Brady, I don't know what you believe. Like I said, Twitter sucks because you don't know who to believe. You don't know who is who. Everybody's credible now. Everybody's verified. I, you know, I find this Dove Kleiman character, some of his stuff is legit, some of it is not, and I think he's really in the Twitter space to, like, be first on things. But he put out a tweet today that said, Tom Brady might be might not be done after all with playing in the NFL, according to the Rich Eisen show, who talked to people in Indy. Obviously, Rich Eisen was just out there covering the whole combine. Folks are saying, keep an eye on Miami. Well, it makes sense, right? He's going to live in Miami. He has a place in Miami. We saw him looking at schools for his kids in Miami. I think he obviously wants to win back his you know, family. I think Giselle is done. I just saw a, a, a report that Giselle is in, is in um, Brazil. Saw a picture of her looking you know, very nice, in shape, glowing, some might say. So if she's back in her homeland in Brazil, yep, she she shares a, f- a photo from Carnival in uh, in Brazil. She said it was so special to return home for that. She she's not working on her relationship with Tom, and all these people talking about oh, Tom Brady's really working to get his his wife back and his relationship back. She's she's freed, she's done. She made her mind up, and uh, Tom Brady might realize, hey, I'm not getting Giselle back, but if I'm here in Miami and can be with my kids every day every week and play for the Dolphins? Well, I don't want to go out with a loss to the Dallas Cowboys as my last game. If the Dolphins are interested and Tua is, you know, obviously in concussion protocol every other week, maybe Aaron Rodgers, um, not Aaron Rodgers, maybe Tom Brady unretires. And uh, maybe you hear that, maybe Aaron Rodgers does retire. Who knows? That's why the NFL is king. We obsess about it. We talk all around it, and we're still talking about it today. Dave is in Belleville on the fan. What's up, Dave? Good, Keith. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Thanks for holding. I the, uh, the Cowboy Red Sox Bruins <laughs> Oklahoma yes. Laker fans. I do remember. <laughs> Welcome okay, back. Uh, thank you. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I've been thinking about this now. It really is a no-win situation for him to jump to the Jets. He pretty much has to conference championship, you know, play the conference championship game, or, or it's going to be a losing season, I think, by the fan standard. What do you think? Sorry, my mic wasn't even on. I hate when I do this. <laughs> Polly's looking at me like I'm dumb. Um, t- my my headphones, uh, I got to get a different pair of headphones. I actually have. My over-the-head headphones, the, the cord just, I don't know, I can knock it out very easily. I miss what you just said. I hate to have you repeat yourself okay. for yourself and the audience. I actually thought I got cut off. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm, just, uh, <laughs> I'm not that great at things. <laughs> no problem. Uh, my question was, I said, with Aaron Rodgers, it's pretty much, a no-win situation for him to come to the Jets because 
I would think the fans are, are expecting a conference championship game or, or it's going to be a losing season uh, in their mind. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? That's, that's so, a lot of pressure to put on him. Yeah. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you haven't been to a conference championship like with your own team. You're, you're getting bounced out of the first round with your own team where you built the home, where you're the man, you're their best quarterback, whatever. What a tall task. Come and be the savior of the Jets. Joe Namath says you can wear his number 12. Come to the bright lights of New York City where you're going to have microphones in your face after every practice, after every game, cameras on you, people watching your every move. There's paparazzi out here. Uh, I don't know how much paparazzi work in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, but there's going to be people trying to figure out where you live, where you like to go eat, who you hang out with, what you do. You're going to be under a microscope, and the microscope is to really cover you to the point where you know you're the focus, and you're the focus on more things than just football. And you yeah, seem to be this quiet, usually, isolated guy. I don't know. They're expecting a Super Bowl out of you, and you're at the end of your career. Are you even like that anymore? I don't know. They think so. But his career, usually he starts slow. You know, if you look back to the past five years at least, you know, he's always making excuses like, you know, uh, relax. You know what I mean? Uh, so, right. Uh, because, you know I what, they've the had some slow starts in these last few years. I know he won the MVP. It's argu- like arguably – you know, it was close for him to win the MVP. But, yeah, at, at 39 years old, he'll be 40 uh, towards the end of this next season. These Jets fans are expecting him to come to New York, take them to a Super Bowl, and it's just become a lot. I, I yeah. really think the only way, and, and thank you for the call, Dave, I think the only way that this guy comes here is, is if, if he's that full of himself where he's like, okay, they don't want me in Green Bay. I'm going to prove to them again that I've still got it. And I am going to go to New York where it's the media capital of the world. There's all of these fans. These Jets fans are starved. I will be their God. I will be their savior. Yeah. You know what? I will take on that task. And I will join the Jets and compete against Josh Allen and Bill Belichick. Notice I didn't say Mac Jones. Um <laughs> Tua, I guess, is the quarterback in Miami. And, uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. He's If he's that full of himself, if he, you know, thinks of himself, and I don't, I just don't think, I just don't see it, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out ways that Aaron Rodgers will take on the challenge of saying, yes, I still want to play in this NFL. Um, I think I can win an MVP because we heard him say that when he talked to Pat McAfee. Remember, Gronk came out and was like, bro, why are you talking about winning MVPs? It's about winning the Super Bowl. You could win the MVP and not win the Super Bowl. We see it all the time. Patrick Mahomes pulled it off, but there's only one Patrick Mahomes. Jordan Love is not the next Patrick Mahomes. And I understand if the Packers are done with Aaron Rodgers because they've had enough of him. He's a headache. But why would Jets fans want to inherit that headache? Because there, there's you know, there's really no one else. There's no more Derek Carr. And anyone else besides Aaron Rodgers is not going to satisfy this fan base. It's not going to be good enough. And then all season, depending on where Aaron Rodgers plays, if he doesn't play, I think he's going to still play. And I think there's going to be a mystery team for him. I think if it's if it's not New York, somebody else is going to emerge as a trade partner. Reminder, they have to make the trade. That's also why I'm saying I don't know if I trust the Jets to actually be able to like successfully pull this off. Talking about their front office and talking about their history. These are the New York Jets. We're acting like we're we're acting like they're like the Steelers or like they're the patriots like they like they have a championship pedigree and a, you know a front office that's known for like these are the jets folks like i don't know
If if it happens, it happens. But I wouldn't put I wouldn't put a dollar on it. Aaron Rodgers doesn't strike me as the type that wants to come here. And now it's down to him or nothing. He strikes me as a type that hears that and he's like, oh, I'm staying far away. JC in Essex County on the fan. Thanks for holding. What's up, JC? Yo, I have a uh, Jets point that feeds right into what you were saying, and then I also have a question. Okay. First, though, I wanted to say, man, I didn't, I didn't think anyone would be able to fill in for the schmooze. You know, he's a legend, but uh, you're doing a great job. Thank you. No one has filled in for the schmooze. I, I, I hit him up last week to try and get him on my show, but he's taking a nice vacation right now, and he's the man. I, I You know, I've got a ton of respect for Steve. I just think I've done my thing long enough that people have gotten used to me. No one will replace Steve Summer, so thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before you said, um, you know, look, look at where we are. The Jets won that game against the Rams, and they missed out on Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel that even if they got Trevor Lawrence, they would have ruined him too. And I feel like uh, Zach Wilson is the scapegoat. Salah can't coach the offense, and it's and he and once he saw that they were losing, he went right into that to blame it all on Zach Wilson. Yeah, and he didn't even blame it on him as far as like on the podium in front of the press. He blamed it on him as far as all right, we're gonna bench him and make him inactive. And uh, we're playing the Bears here where Zach Wilson probably would have beat the Bears and had a decent game. But then they start the Mike White hype all over again. And for what? Yeah, what happened to Mike White? I don't understand. How he's come he's home, in, he's home in Florida where he's from. He's doing interviews with, uh, you know, one of our Odyssey partners down there in Florida. I forget. I think it's 560-something and um, 560-WQAM. And he's he's telling them, hey, I'd, I'd like to be a Jet, but I'd also like to be a Dolphin. He's a free agent. He's going to try and sign for a good amount of money, and he probably is going to try and sign elsewhere. But I don't understand. Like he was the big thing, and and now we don't we don't love him anymore. I, you know what? The Jets get exactly what they deserve. All right. Yeah. See, but the thing is, Mike White was never that great. You're just you're you're forced to watch Zach Wilson play quarterback. Anyone that can at least be competent, anyone that can at least get you completions and first downs, it's like, woohoo, this is the best. This guy is great. And it's like, ah, there's a reason why he's a backup. There's a reason why he's even available to you. He, he's all, all right, quarterback, but he's not the answer for this roster that you think should be in the playoffs, should be competing for a championship. Yeah, I don't think Zach Wilson's that bad, though. I think he they just ruined him. That's what I Oh, think. yeah. They completely mismanaged it. Completely. You draft this kid number two overall. You bring him in. You anoint him a captain. How did he earn the captaincy? And then the next year, the team is wearing Mike White shirts. That's not, that's not, mm. they don't, they turn that quickly on a leader. And mm. you, you hand him the keys to the organization without somebody there. Like, there should have been a, Josh McCown there. There should have been a Ryan Fitzpatrick there. There should have been a veteran quarterback there. It took him a while to get Joe Flacco. By then, it was too late. There should have been a veteran quarterback there to show him how to be a pro and to start those games as he was learning and developing. They put him out there week one. And then the next year, they put him out there week one of the preseason. He gets hurt. They 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 are responsible for the mismanagement development of Zach Wilson. And I think that's also why they're steadfast on you know, getting uh, the most out of him or getting the potential out of him that they saw in him. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. 
And then my question was, how come uh, sports talk, you guys, you never talk about MMA. I mean, is it just like the numbers are not there? People aren't into it? What, I don't get that. You know, I always give credit first to Pete Hoffman here, who I know started a MMA podcast and tries to talk about it. What I find is, one, I don't think anybody here from our host is really that well-versed in UFC to, to really speak on it. I know John Bones Jones is back, the GOAT. You know, he wins, and, and that was a big deal over the weekend. Uh, but I just don't know if it's enough to push, you know, the, you know, definitely not enough to push the Aaron Rodgers conversation to the side. Uh, I, I said I thought today was going to be all Knicks talk. Even I was getting tweets, people like, oh, Keith's got to save us from the Knicks talk. I'm like, no, I'd be a fool not to talk about the Knicks. I watched that whole game last night. The Knicks are going to dominate the station. Nope, 10 o'clock, Derek Carr signs. So that removes a quarterback from the Jets' uh, potential quarterback of the future and the, the Aaron Rodgers conversation kicked right back up so as far as UFC is concerned uh, I don't know where they're actually talking I don't know what city they're actually talking about UFC that much it is a popular sport it does deserve some speaking on but I don't know who here is well qualified um, in UFC or who's well versed enough to do that I mean you know I, I started talking hockey just because I didn't want to be the one host that didn't talk about hockey and now it's tend to be the guy talking about hockey the most. Hmm. All right. Well, well uh, all the best in, in all your endeavors and uh, have a good night. Thanks, JC. Appreciate it, man. And, you know, I know I think I saw somebody on Twitter that was like, I would suggest getting a, uh, you know, someone that is, uh, covers hockey to join you on the show. Well, send them, right? <laughs> I get people that I'm connected to to come on the show. I just started watching hockey. I don't have – that many hockey connections. I can text Brian Hoke and say, hey, man, game's over. I would love to have you join me on the fan. Hoke and I have a relationship. I can text Zach Rosenblatt, who when he put out put out that article about uh, Zach Wilson months ago and what was going on, I followed him on Twitter. He followed me me back. We've spoken on having him coming on the show. You know, I, I bring on the show mostly people that I have a connection with that I know or I'll lean on Paulie to, you know, get me a, I don't know, writer or a reporter, depending on the topic. But, yeah, I would love to bring in experts on hockey. I would love to have some hockey people join me because it's helping me learn. I'm learning a ton watching the NHL. Um, the NHL trade deadline just passed, and I had said I wanted to speak on the Rangers tonight, and I feel like Rangers fans had the high of – Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane. And then you see a couple games, and it kind of deflated things. Obviously, the loss to the Senators Thursday at the Garden, which was his debut. And then you got to ship up to Boston and face the Bruins, and they're tough, man. They don't lose. And I watched them play against the Rangers. I'm like, what What are you going to do with this team? They're in the way. I'm a, I'm a Devils fan. Devils fans are hoping they can make a run. Um, Devils fans were in my mentions talking about, hey, don't speak so highly and kindly of the Rangers. I'm like, I have a job to do. This is New York. If the Devils win the Stanley Cup, that parade is going to be on Market Street. You know what I'm saying? Or Broadway or one of those streets in Newark. It's not going to come through the Canyon of Heroes. If the Rangers do make a run at this thing, they have a chance to end the drought. I don't know. I think they can. Judging from the last two games, I'm not so sure about that, but Rangers fans, call me up and weigh in. How do you feel? I think it's going to take a, a couple games to get Patrick Kane and these guys 
um, together. But luckily for you, you have more than a couple games left. Between now and April 13th, you have over a month left to get it right. And uh, on the side of my Devils, man, Timo Meyer last night made his debut. I saw, uh, who was it on Twitter? And I feel bad because I can't quote his name. He said, give me fuel, give me fire, give me Timo and Meyer. I was like, I like that. I like that. This Timo Meyer guy, I told you when I did go to the game, all I kept hearing was Timo, 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 Timo. I wasn't even familiar with him. And then I go look Timo Meyer up, and I'm like, oh, the Devils are about to get this dude? How old is he, 20, 26? All right. That helps the Devils' chances. Let's go. We're all in. Paulie, your thoughts? And let me, tomorrow night at the Rock, one, it's the Leafs in town, which is essentially the Yankees of the NHL. Yeah. So it's a hot ticket anyway. The debut of Timo Meyer at the Rock tomorrow, it will be jumping. I will say that. I, even when I went with you a few weeks ago, the place was rocking. The place was rocking. It was rolling. It was an awesome scene. On the note of the NHL, Boston is having a like a once-in-a-generation season. They've played, I was it, like 64 games. So they're they've due lost, for a crushing lost playoff eight, loss. <laughs> they've lost eight or nine games this year. I know. It's absurd. It's hockey. You're supposed to walk into like three losses in a row every goalie single season. Goalie has a season. bad night. Guys are just not like, no, they just find a way to Their win. goalie had a goal last week. Linus Omar, <laughs> the guy had a goal. It's it, Boston is playing incredible hockey. It will, And the Eastern Conference is so damn tough because you have Boston. You have Tampa Bay, you have the Leafs, you have the Hurricanes, and you have the Devils and the Rangers. And if the Isles make it, that's a brutal team to play in the playoffs the way playoff style happens. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fun, though. Yes. Oh, of course, man. Coming up soon. I mean, we've got March Madness. I would love to talk more about that. Selection Sunday coming up. Uh, I don't know if anyone really cares about John Moran. He's not moving the needle here in New York. If he wants to be stupid, go be stupid. Now you got a couple games off. To think about that, I don't think anyone cares about Giannis stat padding and giving himself an extra rebound by shooting a shot as time expired, getting the rebound. NBA said, no, we're not doing that. They rescind his triple-double. Uh, I'll get my eyes on the NBA scores. I think I already told you that the Celtics played into overtime again tonight and lost. To the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are right above your Knicks in the standings, uh, quickly before we go to break here, the Atlanta Hawks lose to the Miami Heat, 130-128. Hawks trying to do something here in this last stretch of the season. Heat as well, but they are both, uh, you know, looking at the plane. The Trailblazers beat the Pistons 110-104. The Knicks will go out there and face Dame Lillard and the Trailblazers next week. And look at the 76ers, 147 points scored, but 143 given up to the Pacers. The Sixers beat the Pacers tonight, and B goes off for 42. I already told you the Cavs beat the Celtics 118-114 in overtime, and there's two other games in play. We're going into the 11th hour on the fan. Call me up, 877-337-6666. We'll be right back after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.